Hi, Christina here, founder of Liberate. I wanted to let you know that all of our amazing practitioners, healers, and intuitives are available for remote sessions. And we are continuously adding new classes, workshops, and meditations to serve you every week. Thank you for joining us, and I hope that we can help you liberate yourself. My name is Helen Vonderheide. I'm an elite certified Akashic Records teacher and practitioner. So I do Akashic Record readings one-on-one, and I also teach people how to read the Akashic Records. The Akashic Records come from a Sanskrit word, Akasha, which means primary substance, that out of which all things are formed. So Akasha is simply an energy field. Essentially, it's a soul's archive of past, present, future possibilities. I became an Akashic Records practitioner after some very bleak and dark times in my life. I needed some clarity and guidance from something outside of me and this world. Why am I here? What is my purpose? What am I meant to do? And I just wanted to be connected to whatever that purpose or that calling was. I was connected to an Akashic Records practitioner who read my records. And I remember saying to myself, whoever she was talking to knows me better than I know myself. And that was so healing. And that's ultimately what led me um, to becoming a practitioner. In preparation of your reading, you want to have some questions, areas that you would like a little bit more insight on in regards to health, relationships, professional opportunities, past experiences that maybe need a little bit of resolution. So those questions will help sort of guide and move us through the Akashic reading. Immediately someone is elevated, um, their consciousness expands, and they are able to become aware of more appropriate choices and opportunities that they can take to move their their life forward in sort of an, an ascending experience. So I'm very passionate about teaching people how to do it because Anybody can access their own Akashic records. And when I first learned how to read the records, I felt like I had the key to the universe and I wanted everyone to have it. Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Christina and Helen with you, and we're doing an episode of Liberate University, and today it's about additional guidance from the Masters, Teachers, and Loved Ones. Helen has her Akashic Records open, communicating, as well as some insight and guidance that I've been given and different ways to look at things uh, that are going on in the world, especially with, you know, we there's a lot of people that have... Um, a lot of uncertainty that's going on, right? A lot of people that are exhibiting um, fear, lack of trust, confusion, and you know, there's clarity that needs to come forth. But a lot of people are looking for what is what is their purpose? Is everything going to be okay? Are their homes going to be okay? Are they going to be okay? And then what's next? As there's a huge question mark. So we're hoping that we can answer some of those things. We're just going to go into a couple questions. Helen's going to start. I'm going to kind of interact with it and we're going to see where we go. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the first things that's coming up is trust, of course, 
right? Like yeah. everything is so unstable, ungrounded. And it's like, how do you, how do you trust the authorities that are running things? How do you trust the authorities that are running things in your cities, in your states, in the government? Um, well, especially in like, I'll interject on that for somebody that's been following this since the beginning and even when it was just in China and the amount of information that has been uh, provided that has continuously changed to fit whatever narrative that the news or propaganda is trying to place on us. I mean, one of the biggest ones that you, that I think anybody uh, that's watching this is uh, witness to is in the very beginning of at least in the United States outbreak, it was don't wear a mask. They don't work. Now it's everybody's required to wear a mask or you're going to get a ticket. So it's just there when there are these back and forth kind of things that happen where you're told one thing and then you're told another thing the next day. And then you're told one thing and then you're told another thing. And then you're told one thing and then you're told another thing. It, it's people are like, ah, what do I do? Because the same people that are seeing the information that they feel that they should be trusting are telling them two different things at two different times. Mm -hmm. Right you know, or maybe three or four or five different things. Right. Um, and I think I would couple on that a, a lot of people having uncertainty within, um, trusting that they're going to be okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what do we, what do the master teachers and loved ones kind of have to say about, uh, about trusting in, let's say like, let's look at the primitive of survival, mm -hmm. like, you know, okay. So give me a moment. Yeah. You keep talking. And, you know, a couple on that, you know, like as a, so I'm a business owner, I've been applying for the different uh, loans and things that are supposed to be available. And, um, you know, everything gets kind of put to the side. And today we even found out that, or a couple days ago, that, that uh, no, uh, no funds were uh, any more available. So there's millions upon millions and millions upon millions of small businesses that weren't one of the first X amount of people that were lucky enough to get the funding. Even though I'm like, you know, I'm somebody that applied the first day, the first day, and I didn't get the funding yet. And I, you know, my applications went through them in queue, but it ran out before it got to me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, mm -hmm. It's interesting. And then people are looking at, you know, so many people are not getting answers to whether they get unemployment or so many people are wondering about their stimulus or if that going to even make it enough time. How long are we going to be, you know, yeah. uh, under quarantine? So anyways, what's the message? Well, it was really beautiful. They, they showed me an image of cavemen and what they said was um, primitive survival actually relies on nothing that everything we need, we already have. So all of these physical extra things, um, is really just a, like a luxury, you know? And so it's not that those things are going to be stripped away from us, but we're really taking a look at some of the important aspects of survival, which is hydration, which is food and nourishment and the appropriate foods and nourishment. So not a lot of processed things, not a lot of sugars. They're even saying not a lot of grains, you know, mm -hmm. just really being um, respectful of what your body needs during this time. And when you think about caveman days and some of the things that they were surviving off of, they really survived off the land. 
some fresh fruits and vegetables and things like that. So then when it comes to then like the next, uh, kind of like layer of survival, um, that actually has to do with your home, your space. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about this crisis that we're in is that we're all in this together. And so no one is going to be losing their homes. No one's going to lose their spaces. No one's going to lose that security or safety, no matter where you're at, even if you're living on the street or if you are actually living in a physical place, it's that everyone is safe where they are, but it's about this hyper sensitivity and diligence to like everything that's around you and being very aware of all of those things that could actually, um, create some kind of, uh, compromising position for you to be in. That's, that's, I mean, very powerful. And for people to think, you know, um, one of those big things that goes on is whether they know where their next meal or their next thing's coming from. But, you know, I think what you're kind of saying is that in looking at it as society, there's so many like organizations and people and individuals. And I mean, we are a community and so we support each other as a community, but I'm seeing a lot of beautiful like posts on social media or different types of news things where people are, are offering to be, you know, the secret kind of Santa in a way of like, if you're without food, just let us know secret message us, DM us. And, you know, we'll make sure that, you know, nobody has to know you don't have to be a shameful thing, but we'll get, get you stuff. So you have everything you need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you see that happening. And even if the systems, like I just complained about are broken, they're, they're making, they're trying to make sure that people aren't falling through the cracks, you know, and that if you, if you have that trust, you also realize, and I think that the, the, the caveman example is we don't need anywhere near what we thought we needed and the values and the things that we thought that were like so pressing and these pressures on us that weighed Mm. us down actually you know what when it push comes to shove they get the back burner right you know so you have like a lot of people that you know maybe you're putting your loan payments your student loans or other loans or your credit cards and you're asking for pauses on your payments and different things you realize that all that extra pressure that you had to pay all of these like bills and things and obligations like really when push comes to shove you don't I'm not saying that you don't have to, but you really don't have to do it right now. Like, you know, and, and realizing that, you know, when, with the fruits and the vegetables and the different, like to get by on what you need, you can do so in a very limited budget, Mm -hmm. right? You know, like you can, you can make, and now that we have extra time and stuff like that, you can make beautiful dishes with fresh fruits and vegetables or like that. And like have like a big thing of rice that lasts you forever, you know, where you season it different and you do different things with it. But like to get the nourishment that you need and the choices that you need, I think that we had a culture and it's not about not supporting the restaurants that are open. I get it. Take out here and there. But I mean, we had a culture, at least in America, especially in Los Angeles, where the majority of people ate out the majority of their meals. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like it was very common. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm one of them. I think that you are too. Yeah. And to most of the people I know that it would be abnormal to eat out, you know, so 
seven, ten times a week, you know, right. for one of the meals, at least lunch or dinner or this or that, you know, business meetings, other things, mm-hmm. gatherings, social experiences, different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot more expenditure on that. Right. You know, like instead of having twenty, fifty dollar meals, you can make a meal for three dollars at home, you know, like <laughs> and you're making better choices within the foods that you're eating, too. Yeah. And so we realized that there is so much more we can get with a lot less. Mm-hmm. And then trusting in that as we're reevaluating, which I think gets me into the mm-hmm. next question is, um, I hear that a lot of people are feeling lost right now. Yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, we are reevaluating our life, our value systems, what's important. And many people are losing their jobs. Many people are either working from home and unsure if they're going to lose their job and questioning what's next. What am I doing? What's my purpose in the world? Right. Yeah. And so can we look at that from like a, a Akashic perspective? Yeah, so I, I already checked in with them on it when you were starting to lead into the question. Um, so just kind of taking that, you know, like those cavemen days, right. And then building from that, what they were showing me about trust is you, it's kind of this position that you hold inside of yourself where it's like, okay, well, I know the thing that I can do for myself today is I can eat breakfast. So I trust that if I have this breakfast, it's going to equip me with like the fuel, the fuel, nutrition, um, nutrients and everything that I need so that I can move into my afternoon. And then it's kind of like that same thing. So what they're talking about is taking trust and then distilling that at distilling that into like, well, here's what I know I can do for myself right now. And also to not get overwhelmed with everything because there, there are so many details and at the same time, you know, you have always been able to tend to all of the details and they fall into place when you need to, to tend with them. So they're saying, just trust everything that's on your plate. You're going to get to that. You don't have to be overwhelmed. You're not going to be like left out of society. Like, you know, when you were talking about like the government doing the best that they can to take care of us, the communities are coming together to do the best that they can to take care of us too. So everyone is really in this together. And when we're able to do what we need to do for ourselves, there is a trust that we're investing into ourselves, into our community, and also into these authorities. Yeah. And in a little bit on, on the, on the reframe of, of, what it is that you want to be doing. Right. Yeah. You know, like I think like a lot of people are having that question that you, you uh, said to me when we were chatting earlier about, well, what is my purpose? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because yeah. I think there's, we're kind of having the reality bubble popped, you know, and it's in a good way though, guys, like, uh, guys, girls, everybody, you know, like they, <laughs> them, um, but I, uh, what I mean by that is it 
we need something to sometimes sh- shatter and shake us off in, for- in order for us to look around and to reevaluate, right? Oftentimes, the times when people change the most is after uh, kind of a traumatic experience happens or a big life change happens. And they sit there and they look like maybe this is when they go through a breakup. Maybe when this, this is when uh, a new baby, they get the news that they're going to have a new baby. Maybe it's when... Um, they lose their job or these different things. And then they say, Oh, 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 let me, let let me actually turn in. Let me like, what do I really want? Right. You know, you hear that a lot in the, with people like this is nice because it's a whole societal reset. But uh, like when somebody goes through a breakup, they say, well, what do I really want in a mate? Right? What do I really want in that yeah. lover? And they start to reevaluating what worked mm-hmm. in that relationship, what didn't work in that relationship, what worked in the past relationships, what didn't work in past relationships. And then they kind of get clearer on what they want to manifest in, in the now. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what people mm-hmm. like if you, if you, if the value systems, what do you want to manifest for your life? What do you want to take in? What do you want your purpose to be? But what are they, what are they saying about people and the collective purpose in this situation? It's interesting that you brought that up because, um, in this, this like longer message that they gave in the middle of March, um, one of the things they said was it's kind of like a person being given a second chance at life. Like imagine someone having a very massive heart attack and surviving being given this second chance at life and then making these very different choices for themselves, right? Like the things that they're eating, the things that they're thinking, people that they're hanging out with, like everything starts to change. And when everything starts to change, then it really starts to open up that bigger purpose. Like, all right, well, if I'm given this second chance at life, like what do I want to do? So what's funny is um, when I was 20 years old, so this was like almost 40 years ago, I had thyroid cancer. And I remember when I was um, going through that experience, I had this realization. Hell, life, you know, you just age yourself to 60. I don't think that's true. That's what's born. <laughs> but anyways, so the time frame's a little off. But okay, I just had that way. I was like, I was like, wait, I was going to my, I was like, damn, this was almost 40 years ago when I was 20 years old. Because I was thinking I'm almost 40. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out on that. Can't you tell I'm almost 60? <laughs> you look good, girl. I need whatever food you be eating. Fruits and veggies. Okay. Um, no, but seriously. Um, so, no. So, I was 20. I'm almost I'm almost 40 years old. Yes. So <laughs> Sorry. I, can, I, I didn't think, mean that. I think that's what I was trying to say. I'm almost 40. So, uh, okay. So, this is almost 20 years ago. And when I had thyroid cancer, I remember this realization, life is short and what am I here to do? And I don't think that that's a very common realization for 20 year old, 20 year olds. I know that where I grew up, um, my friends were not thinking about that. They were not like, you know, I don't know. I also am very like spiritually, um, seeking and, and they were not. So I was like, okay, well, what am I here to do? And whatever I'm here to do, I just want to do that. And so what I realized was, well, I like to tell stories. And so why don't I go into film school? And I went to film school and, and then moved out to Los Angeles and I started producing. And so I was able to 
really like take that life altering experience and then drive that into my purpose. So now all of us are kind of in this life altering experience where it's like, okay, well, am I really doing the things that I've always wanted to do? Like is the work that I've been doing fulfilling? So one of the ways that I'm able to, um, check in with myself to be really connected to my purpose is, uh, this inner triangle of heart, mind, and will, which my teacher Linda Howe taught me. And the triangle is three points. And so the heart is, does this feel good to me? The mind is, does this make sense to me? And the will is like, will I want to do this? Like, do I actually want to like carry this out? And so everyone is being given this time to really evaluate what it is they want to do because it's your choice. You know, you, none of us, I think were brought here to like do something that someone told us to do or what we thought we had to do. We might've gotten a little confused along the way, but to really just reconnect and you can use that inner triangle as a way to kind of pinpoint, you know, what you really want to um, be here to do. And I think also when society is able to start coming back together slowly, not rushing, then, um, (laughs) we will be given this opportunity to really investigate those things and figure it out. Yeah. And so with that being said, I think that that this is, this is like a huge reset for everybody. Right. You know, and I know that there's a lot of people that are going through difficult times and there might be people that are even watching this. You lost somebody that you love, um, you know, and this in no means is negating those, uh, you know, negative, very painful experiences that are going on. Um, but even in the face of negative negativity and pain and sadness and, and loss, you can find a gain, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can say, well, you know, what is this teaching you and how are you reevaluating your life accordingly? Because if you are given this time where that collectively, like, you know, Helen, you're saying, you know, you had this kind of like life altering experience where you got thyroid cancer and you reevaluated everything because that could have went one of two ways. Right. And in the same sense, it's like, this is this pandemic where a lot of people are losing their lives. You're hearing about loss and, you know, tragedy and even people that are younger dying, you know? And so, it's, it's almost like making everybody say, am I living the life I want to live? Yeah. You know, if, if, if life can be this short, there can be like a pandemic that outbreaks in two months that shifts the whole landscape or that, you know, you can get this, you know, invisible disease, mm-hmm. you know, and virus that's going around and within a matter of weeks have a completely different reality. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and so with that being said, people are realizing, Hey, you know, after you get through the fear and after you get through the shock of everything, I think that maybe hopefully as you people are are watching right now, you're to the point of saying, okay, I'm through the fear. I'm through the shock. Now, what can I do with this? Mm -hmm. Right. And I like your triangle, heart, mind, and will, and and listening to that, because I I think so many people get caught up with, 
what is my purpose? Like there's like this one thing, just like there's, I, and I talked about it in like a video I did before where people are t- caught up in soulmate and like there's this one ideal soulmate. I, I don't believe in either of those things. I think there's lots of soul connections. And it's actually not true from, from an Akashic Record perspective either. Yeah. See? So I just want to validate those two things. Yeah. Soulmate and purpose. It's like there's not one purpose, there's not one being. Yeah. And so then you have to ask yourself, what is it that's making me happy? And what is going to fulfill me to the utmost ability to experience this gift that we're given called life, where there's a playground to, you know, like... And then what about from the higher perspective? Okay, this is a good one. The higher perspective of the the bigger lessons that are here for this, you know? Okay, so it's funny. Um, I... Uh, the reason I'm excited because I already was exploring this and something that you said immediately brought me back to like what their perspective is on it uh, when you said playground. So a couple things from the, the bigger perspective of this. So I was working with an individual who was asking about their work, but um, like beyond it from like kind of this like higher um, context of like everything that's happening, you know, to this little tiny planet. And they, the masters, teachers and loved ones, they gave me this very elevated bird's eye view of this like vortex beneath me. And in that vortex, I saw all of the galaxies and the Milky Way galaxy again is like a little speck, right? And when you think about, when you think about Earth in context of the Milky Way galaxy, like it's invisible. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm like seeing the vortex and I'm seeing all the galaxies. And then what I started to see was this light gridding that was taking place between these galaxies. And, and it's kind of connected to these parallel realities. But basically there was this light gridding being anchored in, anchored in through all of these galaxies to basically bring us closer together and to really elevate the vibration, which is very common. We've been talking about this a lot, right? It's like the higher vibration and the, you know, new, new dimension of consciousness, but a higher dimension of consciousness. But so I was seeing that all take place. And then when it came back to my client, it was like, um, oh, and the work that you are here to do is to just, it's like your purposes is to anchor in this light. And it was like doing exactly what you are doing is what's helping this take place. So yeah, from a bigger sort of like cosmic level, it's like, um, everything is being elevated and shifted up. And then in our previous video, we kind of talked about the poles, um, almost like experiencing like a complete shift. Um, that's all happening gravitationally, like beyond us. And so we're being affected, but so are all the other galaxies. Yeah. Um, so then now the, the next part of that answer is, you know, my client asks like, okay, well, what do I do? Like, it's like, all right, I know I, I kind of, you know, understand and know why I'm here in the bigger context of things, 
but what do we do as a human being on earth right now? And they said, break it up into three ways. And they showed me a playground and they were like, it's very rare for you to be in a physical body. And so we want you to enjoy it. Like you get to experience physical touch. You get to express your love through intimate ways. And so they were like, enjoy it, have fun, laugh, play around with it. Um, the second part of that was about engaging in those spiritual practices, the work that you need to do that's really supporting the bigger purposes. And then the third answer was, um, forgot actually, um, hold on, let me ask them real quick. I like the element of play while she's checking in. Uh, and because really, I mean, we take life so seriously, but people are often, you know, trying to figure out like, oh, they, they think that there's a right or a wrong. There's a, there's a black and a white. There's a, there's an up and a down, it, but there's this massive gray area. And it's like, did you love, did you laugh? Did you enjoy and embrace? Like, a large por portion of your purpose is self-exploration and fulfillment of using these senses in the world and how there's infinite amounts of knowledge, infinite amount of activities, things that are invented and created every day, but also like it all matters and it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like it, it, when you get, when you stop taking yourself so seriously, even in this pandemic, we stop taking everything so seriously and you can find humor and laugh and be like, really? Like, I mean, come on, you know, like, and then we get to say, we're creating a really goddamn good story, you know, and, and we chose to experience this collective story together. Right. And, you know, when we find like, come on, look at what we wrote for ourselves to experience this. It's pretty magical. I know. That was one of the questions I was like, what did my soul know about this lifetime? Like, what did you know when you were going to come down during this time? Um, okay. So what they said was, um, they were talking about travel um, like humans being able to enjoy travel and, and going to different places and places that you haven't seen. But they said that that ties in with purpose. So the purpose work that you are here to do is to be able to like move around and experience um, other places. And then the third is all about like, what are you leaving behind for the evolution of humanity? Mm -hmm. So we're participating in evolution. Um, I mean, them just bringing up cavemen, in the beginning of our chat and then seeing like where that human experience was and where we are now, my God, we are so fortunate. Like we have so much, um, like at our fingertips, things that we can do, um, see experience be, and, and it's, it's about the bigger contribution. It's like, what are you going to leave behind? That's going to allow humanity to continue to evolve. Yeah. It's kind of like, did I live? Did you live? Did you allow yourself to embrace the playground? Right? And remember, it's just the playground. <laughs> Have fun with it. Even the serious things really aren't that serious. And I think if one thing you're getting out of this pandemic is you're realizing it. The stressors and everything that you inundated yourself with and made it be like, this is, I have to get this done and I need to do this and that. You're realizing that that was all just stories in your mind because it really wasn't necessary. It wasn't life or death. It wasn't any of that. Okay. So that did you love, 
Mm-hmm. Did you love yourself? Did you love and embrace others? Right? Did you matter? What impact did you have? What what ways did you serve? What did you, as a result of, of the experiences and even the interactions that you had with another person, did you leave people in an inspired, uplifted state? Did you contribute anything, whether through art, through research, through development, through ideas? Did you create a shift that through your experience and what you got to live and love that you could leave for others through your experiences and share those experiences to uplift, Yeah, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, simple. It really is. When you distill it down to the basics, it really is simple, right? We just get it so freaking confused in <laughs> mind and they're like, oh my God. And I mean, we see that, right? Yeah. You see that constantly. And I, I mean, I get it. You get it. Like, I'm sure we've all been there where we make the yeah. smallest thing, the biggest thing, and it's the biggest mm-hmm. deal. But really, like, what are we focusing our attention on? Is that really part of the three things? Is that really part of our triangle? Or is that really part of living, loving, and mattering? You know? Yeah. And when you get to that point, I think you find that there's always something to serve you and there's always some way that you can serve another. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know. And that's what we want to leave you with. I like that. It's a good way to close. Yeah. We want you to be inspired. Christina has always said to me from the beginning, you know, as much as this has felt very heavy, dark, and there's been a lot of loss, there is always rebirth, right? Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, I'm not a mom, but for a woman to have birth, okay, both that, that experience on that baby and on that woman, but you know, you're bringing something into life and it's painful, it's difficult, it's challenging, it's, you know, there needs to be a lot there. And, but at the end of that, this new existence, this new birth comes into existence. And like, so like, Mm. um, change is only difficult, challenging and hard when we are attached. Mm. Okay. So if you're constantly looking back over your shoulder and like, I miss going to the bar and having a drink. I can't wait to go to theater. Oh my God, I'm losing out that I'm not having this, this experience or whatever the case may be. If you're constantly looking back, you're attached and you're creating pain, right? But if instead you can be present because I hear just as many people talk good about what's going on than they do about what's bad that's going on, right? Yeah. And it's interesting to hear different people's perspectives when I check in on family and friends. And some people are like, oh, this is the best thing that has ever happened. I'm doing so many other things. I got all my home got redone. I've been doing da 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 And then I take to somebody, oh my God, I, I can't wait to get back. This is driving me nuts. And the kids are running around and I'm pulling out my hair and it's just so irritating. Yeah. And it's like, both realities are going on and that's the beauty of life is that there's always realities going on that you get to choose what reality you tap into Mm. right they're all there talk about you know quantum 
uh, quantum physics or, or even just the ability of tapping into these multiverses are going on even in this physical reality, mm -hmm. right? At any given moment, you get to decide, is your day one of the best days that you live or is the day one of the worst days that you live? And the interesting thing is it just, it's just how you're thinking about it. Literally, you're going to have the best day in the world or the worst day in the world based on what your perspective is. <laughs> Let's choose the best. Let's know that we're going to get through this. It's changing. Yeah. And we say, okay, how can I change me and use this time and use this reset to pull myself further ahead? Because a lot of people in Helen's situation that get diagnosed with uh, a disease or cancer, those kind of things, they don't look at what do they really want in life. They look at and they take the victim card. And I'm sorry, some of you might be tuning in and victim. This happened in society and they took away my job and they did this and now I'm this and that. I get it. Things happen. But the more that you resonate with that victim mentality, the more you give away your power and that power to shift and change and to take a situation, even a negative situation, mm -hmm. and then realize you have control of how you maneuver, right? And there can be a whole like car pile up or a traffic jam and you get to decide to go around it, right? You can get mad and sit in it or you can choose to do something about it, right? And that's what I want to leave you with is figuring out and dropping in using Helen's triangle, using my three, you know, things of, of, of aspects of life. I'm saying, Hey, what do I want for me, for this existence and for my reality right now today? Mm. Amen. 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 <laughs> See you next time. Thank you. If you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Liberate Hollywood, all one word, or Liberate Emporium, all one word. Until next time, liberate yourself. My name is Helen Vonderheide. I'm an elite certified Akashic Records teacher and practitioner. So I do Akashic Record readings one-on-one, -on -one, and I also teach people how to read the Akashic Records. The Akashic Records come from a Sanskrit word, Akasha, which means primary substance, that out of which all things are formed. So Akasha is simply an energy field. Essentially, it's a soul's archive of past, present, future possibilities. I became an Akashic Records practitioner after some very bleak and dark times in my life. I needed some clarity and guidance from something outside of me and this world. Why am I here? What is my purpose? What am I meant to do? And I just wanted to be connected to whatever that purpose or that calling was. I was connected to an Akashic Records practitioner who read my records. And I remember saying to myself, whoever she was talking to knows me better than I know myself. And that was so healing. 
and that's ultimately what led me um, to becoming a practitioner. In preparation of your reading, you want to have some questions, areas that you would like a little bit more insight on in regards to health, relationships, professional opportunities, past experiences that maybe need a little bit of resolution. So those questions will help sort of guide and move us through the Akashic reading. Immediately someone is elevated, um, their consciousness expands, and they are able to become aware of more appropriate choices and opportunities that they can take to move their, their life forward in sort of an, an ascending experience. So I'm very passionate about teaching people how to do it because anybody can access their own Akashic records. And when I first learned how to read the records, I felt like I had the key to the universe and I wanted everyone to have it.